Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Podspeed. We are here uh, in lovely Southern California, and we have a very special guest today. But before we get to our guest, let me introduce uh, our Podspeed team. We have James McKeown, who we picked up from No Breaking uh, Podcast, a very popular podcast himself. He's our British ringer, uh, which we need sometimes, especially when we have a guest like today's. And then we have uh, Taro Koki, the president and of gtchannel.com and the guy who made all this thing happen so uh, nice to see you guys guys we're getting closer to that day where we might be able to do it in a uh, studio or our usual studio because things are opening up which is great so and our guest today for uh you newer guys or probably younger guys will probably go oh he's the uh, youtube guy he's on every youtube car channel uh justin belton for us older guys we remember him as a pretty accomplished race driver so uh, welcome to the show, Justin. Um, I think we ran into each other, I think, once a while back uh, while we were uh, uh, at a ride and drive thing. I, I can't remember which car it was. I think it was at the Las Vegas Speedway. So if you, if you have any memory of that, I mean, uh, it was. No, a lot. I mean, uh, Sam, of course I remember you. you. You did a lot, a lot of those. And I did a lot of ride and drive, too, when I was at Road yeah. Track. So, yeah. But it's great to see you again. And um, Taro is the guy who uh, likes to interview our uh, racing guests. So, Taro, I'm going to go ahead and... Well, before Taro jumps in with questions, Justin, I just need to level set here with Sam in regards to his description of meeting you at Las Vegas. He said he definitely did not want to get in the car with you because he didn't trust your driving. And he thought, Justin, I'll just go faster than any anyway. So I'm not going to learn anything from him. What's the point? That's that's word for word what he said. (laughs) Yeah, I, I remember it's, uh, it's no, no, no. Oh, it's very, very, very right. Very, very fearful. Um, as I, as uh, you know, as I've reminded Edlo many times, I'm very fearful when when uh, one of my Asian friends threatens to drive better than me. It really because <laughs> it, every time. Um, well, uh, yeah, Ed's not what I would call the hottest shoe out there, but hey, man. <laughs> Hey man, Justin, I don't blame you. All right, buddy. So. But Tara, all back to you now. Back to you, Tara. And uh, for those of you uh, who need a little bit of clarification, we're talking about uh, Ed Lowe from Motor Trend Magazine, just to make that clear. Um, so, Editor hey, Justin, uh, thanks for uh, coming on our show today. Uh, speaking of, um, uh, about when we met, I think I met you about 10 years ago. Um, through uh, a common friend of ours uh, from Sony. Uh, I think it was uh, Asano Takuya that, that introduced us. Yeah, um, but since then um, we've, we've worked together in the past, um, especially- now, let's, let's really establish this. <laughs> okay, okay. I masterminded Taro being thrown, launched, propelled from <laughs> the top of the famous iconic corkscrew at Laguna Seca on a kid's big wheel. And we were trying to show the, the fact it does drop eight stories in one go. And uh, he was the new kid on our broadcast, like as a special guest. And I think was obviously very keen to, to show how good he was. Um, however, uh, <laughs> yes, we launched him off and he made it, he just disappeared out of sight. I mean, he just rolled, I mean, he just rolled all the way, I think almost to turn 10. It was just quite genius. Well, the, yeah, dude, that's the back, nine years ago, man. That was a long time ago. Well, the backstory oh. to that is that um, I heard later, Justin, you didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do it, no. 
we and I thought, well, who 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 looks like the right kind of chap for the job? He does drifting. He does all this stuff. He can do this. That would be Taro. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's see you a push. I forgot all that. Yeah, I like the push. Yeah, that's that's the key right there. That's, that's the one that's standing right on the right part. Pushing me off. <laughs> yeah, this was. Uh, I mean, I didn't at the time. I don't think I realized how dangerous uh, of a thing I was doing. And this isn't really like a real, hot, uh, like a big wheel. It's like one of those cheapo, you know, three imitations. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really, I don't think it had the best sort of uh, bearings. No, <laughs> no. yourself. I just really like seeing the wheel speed. It goes down so much so that you can't even see the pedals move because the front wheel is going so fast as it comes right down the top of that hill. Isn't that true? Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. That didn't put itself our friendship, and you're still here. <laughs> well, thank you. See, well, all the way through turn 10, yeah. without touching the brakes. I, kept on, I just kept on going. It would not stop. Oh, and my I, God. Yeah. Did you go all the way to, to the turn 11? I think you're about to see it. I think he does. You're, you'll, you'll see it. Um, but, right on the front straight there. Wow. Yeah. He's nearly slowing down. Yeah, and then I'll stop. But I mean, I was afraid to put my foot down because, you know, I didn't want to break my ankle. I mean, I was going yeah. really, really fast. I mean, look how far I went. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> okay. And here's like everybody celebrating me. And then the, the, the classic is one shot of, uh, of Justin at the end here. And we can, we can pause it at that frame. We'll see Justin come into the screen. <laughs> I'm just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. Now we know. <laughs> but, but Justin really thought about that. <laughs> well, it was crazy. I mean, after uh, I did this, like everybody, you know, all the teams were watching this, I guess, because this was like right after practice. And they came up to me and said, dude, you are one crazy you know, MF. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That, but I, I had to do it, right? I was like the new kid on the block and yeah. you know, had How to establish myself. Deal? How do I get a TV deal? Obviously not like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all got fired not long after that, but no. Yes. Yeah, we did. We all got fired after that year. Um, oh hey, so uh, yeah, great. Um, uh, so great to uh, see you again. Um, Hey, you were recently in the hospital though. I mean, tell yeah, us about how are you feeling now? Well, I mean, I think I sound pretty normal. I mean, I do get tired talking for a little bit. I had a weenie stroke, everybody, a month ago, um, five weeks ago wow. tomorrow. Um, high blood pressure, look after yourselves. Make sure you get checked out. Don't ignore blood pressure. I've never been fitter or healthier in my life. And came out of the gym, having worked out, and suddenly felt like my face was in a, like I'd just been to the dentist, you mm -hmm. know? And I was like, oh. Came home, said to me, and walked in the door, I drove home only a couple of miles from the gym. And my daughter's like, hey, dad, you're home quickly. And I went, can you get me some water? I went, okay, that's not good. So just went straight to hospital around the corner. And uh, yeah, you're out in a night or two and told you're a lucky boy and that's it. So uh, yeah, it's just definitely weird, uh, especially for someone that makes a living talking. Not, mm -hmm. not really a great way to go, but I, I, I feel pretty confident about it now. And I've since, you know, we did our talk show last weekend from, from mid-Ohio. Mm -hmm. I was at Amelia Island uh, this weekend, which we should talk about because it was wide open. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm on with you, so why not? 
Well, that's uh, you're, so you're feeling better. I'm, I'm glad oh. you're out and about now, you know. Way better, really glad. And you know, it's it's always a bit of a sh shaker, isn't it? When you're suddenly sick and you didn't expect it and you reevaluate things and what you do and who you do it with. And, and uh, it makes you realize that health is, you know, it's such a cliche, but I mean, it really is. It really is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you growing up, did you did you, I mean, were you ever injured or did you have to spend any time in the hospital or or anything like that? Other than super lucky, I'm I'm really not a sick person at all. Other than prior to actually racing cars, mm -hmm. and I started motocross when I was about twelve. Mm -hmm. um, not, I mean, competitively, but not like internationally competitively. Schoolboy motocross in England. Mm -hmm. I broke arms and legs, collarbones, fingers, anything I could. I break it. I mean, yeah. every year, a couple of broken things. Right. Every year, started doing dangerous stuff and actually stopped breaking things. So <laughs> it was, it was obviously just getting it out of the way. No, but you know, I, I was talking. I was down at Gilda Ferran's house last weekend, IndyCar champion, and mm -hmm. and, went, and we were just. I was there for three days before I went to Amelia Island, and you know, he had real brain injury, you know, head injuries from massive Indy crashes, and yeah, I mean that's distinctly more uh, i mean you know what the cause is i guess that's why you don't it's a little easy because you know what the cause was uh but the results could be long permanent and forever you know yeah. um whereas with mine it was just instant and kind of went away but uh, yeah look after your heads justin did you know you had a uh, high blood pressure or yeah a little bit. oh you did okay were you taking medication for it or no a very small pill but not oh, enough okay uh, and it yeah, obviously yeah. yeah 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 so yeah, that's good and all sorts of stuff you know who knows i had is so much conspiracy going around my ex-wife believes that um well she certainly jumped on this uh i had the johnson and johnson a week before current promptly got incredibly itchy and then had a stroke so mm. um, i'm not saying i'm not saying i'm not saying <laughs> it's kind of weird just saying okay well just to balance it out i got i had the johnson and johnson um, nothing really happened so so, yeah, but then again, well, Sam, you, you weren't right in the head first before the virus either. Uh, yeah, I was not right in the head before. So, yeah. Depends on the starting place. Yes, that's what I oh, did uh, actually. Equivalent. You see, this is what I did say. You're allowed to say what you want on here, right? Yeah. You can yeah. say whatever you want, just whatever you that. want. Just like I said to the neurologist, I went, you know, so if the right hand side of my brain controls the left hand side, that's right. If the left hand side of my brain controls the right hand side, I said, what controls my dick? And he went, well, I think you've just proved quite once and for all that it has its own brain. It makes sense because you've never heard of a stroked out penis. So it obviously has its own brain. Anyway, there you are. Okay, well, thank you for that. Medical, you. medical analysis. Um, <laughs> that's the smartest medical analysis I've well, ever heard. Yeah, it's true though. <laughs> There's a conspiracy theory right there for the for the uh, for the ages. It is, but I'll tell you. I mean, if you just, I mean, I just got back from Amelia Island last weekend, and mm -hmm. I mean, yesterday, Amelia Island was the first event of 2020. It was also the last event of 2020, you know, of any size. And at the time, I didn't go because I I, I had other stuff on here, and I thought I've got such a busy summer. How bad can this be? But if you think three days later, the world did shut down. Mm. Um, and when to be there this year, and obviously Florida is so different from California, but yeah. it's everything 
in so many ways is changing. They, you know, again, if you if you wanted to wear a mask, you could. The hotel would rather you did at the Ritz Carlton where the event space. I didn't see a mask. Um, really? Days, didn't even carry one around. And <laughs> after three days, I gave up carrying it around because I never yeah. put it on. But more than that, it was it not on something so sort of uh, basic as that. Just the energy of everybody seeing each other for the first time. It, I mean, my dad and Bruce Meyer and all these guys who, who you know, all these legends that are just, uh, you know, all in their late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. who, you know, less, less runway ahead than behind, they're going, oh my God, thank God we're back out. Seeing the, you know, hearing the stories of like George Fulmer, who's one of the, you know, massively successful older America driver, mm-hmm. uh, who, uh, you know, just being there with Lynn St. James was being honored and Hurley Hayward and David Hobbs and all these people, it was just incredible, right? And you're realizing what to lose a year in your life means when you're 80. That's yeah, a big yeah. freaking deal, dude. And it does when you're 12, you know, it's right. a big deal. So um, those of us in the middle, it's obviously less, less savage, but just to see, and then the, maybe the best part was to see the fans. Mm-hmm. You see that many people dressed up, enjoying it, sharing everything, I mean, I joke that, you know, I'd now go to the opening of a paper bag. You know, I'd be so excited. To, to, uh, it's a British phrase, isn't it? You know, more, you know, it's because we've missed out so much. So it was yeah. great. It was so good. Really. That's great. And they didn't have any restrictions in terms of like crowd size or anything? They were just like letting I everybody? Think they, I think they did, but I didn't see it. I didn't notice it. I mean, the car count was amazing. Wow. Uh, I mean, like the dinners and the banquet and things, they have to space it out. Um, can't have as many people, but I think, you know, either you've had it, you've been vaccinated, you're dead, or you are probably gonna survive. Other than that, get out and have a good time. I'm not being political. I'm saying that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And to see the cars, and, oh my God. And know. just hey, just to uh, uh, remind anyone who's listening and have no idea what Amelia Islands is, yeah, it's a Concord de Elegance, you know, that uh, a Pebble Beach star car show that they do in Florida in uh, Millie Island. So uh, a lot of classic cars and came into pretty much prominence, I would say, what, about 15, 20 years ago, Justin? Probably, yes. Yeah, it was started by a couple of guys that, you know, we knew at Road and Track too, so. Um, yeah, and what I think, Sam, what's so great about it is it has, uh, you know, there's a lot of modern cars there too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Lucid were there with their cars and- Oh, they were. Um, they, 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 yeah, and VW did and, uh, John Hennessy unlaunched, you know, his F5 Venom, which was 1,800 horsepower, yeah. 320 miles an hour top speed. I said, I'll take it to 250 for you, but then yeah, then I'll probably get out. <laughs> Boy, um, that boy has staying power, though, doesn't he? Doesn't he has staying power. He just keeps going, and the car oh. is beautiful, and um, I mean, beautiful. Uh, it's 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 what it's a hyper, you know, it's a hypercar looking thing. Yeah. It's pretty. No, no moving arrow, no, you know, no, no um, sort of electronic suspension. It's pretty, pretty fundamental. Brute power, yeah. Brute power. power, yeah. So you were, I know you were judging there. Uh, What were you judging? And were you doing any TV stuff out there as well? Yeah, I was judging. I had a judge's thing here, just to prove there I am a judge. Oh, hey, hey. Hey. That's all official now. All official. (laughs) I, I really, 
went because I was our show we do from when we're not at the IMSA races just because of budget this year and obviously mm -hmm. we got good at it last year doing it from the studio mm -hmm. we did the talk show from uh, Jackson Marketing Group in Greenville right next to where Michelin are Michelin have you know his building was at 50,000 tires in it and all yeah. this other stuff and it's a great place for us to leave the airstream in the studio mm -hmm. and so then I went down to Florida and I, I called Bill Warner emailed Bill Warner who is the founder of Amelia yeah, I said, I, you know, I'd really like to come and just take pictures and, you know, see everybody Yeah, help me out of the room. And he, at one point he was like, well, here's this guy, um, Matt Girard, who is an English guy. He's, I think he's out of France. He's, a, he's one of the top auctioneers, mm -hmm. great personality and knows everything about everything. And he couldn't get over, of course. Mm -hmm. He literally couldn't oh, make right, it because both, so, yeah because of the lockdown so yeah. uh, and the quarantine and so uh bill was like well if he doesn't turn up could you maybe do it <laughs> no with this it's a lot of talking you know yeah. and i uh so thankfully max came over and uh, made it over so uh i just went and did judging is an honor and I did it with Jim Farley, who's the CEO of Ford, mm -hmm, yeah. David Hobbs, and uh, Mark Raffer from IMSA, who's the lead technical guy. Mm -hmm. But you know, to be around someone like Jim Farley, you know, the rest of us all, you know, we're like guppies, right? We just have to rely on the big fish in the pond, and we just <laughs> we have no direct... He's the big fish now, man. Yeah, yeah you know, no, he was a Toyota. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we don't have... He was a product planner at Toyota. Yeah. We, yeah. Have, we have no... Um, Right, influence on the world. I mean, as in, we don't change the market by what we say. We don't. But no. thinking that job, I mean, arguably, I think one of the biggest jobs in the car industry, and you know, definitely is billions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of jobs on the line. It's it's fascinating to hear his take on and, yeah. and the pressure from the board members and Bill Ford because the Fords are still alive. So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah so in a way, a high stress company. job. Yeah, high public company, but a family business. Did you know that uh, Jim Farley's cousin is Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live back then? And when you they are, that's no joke. And when you look at their pictures, they kind of you could kind of see a little. They really do have some. For the first time, few times I met him, I didn't know that, mm -hmm. but I was just doing this sort of like, God, he does look similar. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> a little smaller, but yeah. Yeah, in that world, yeah. So, what else was it there that was fun to see? I mean, just. They do a thing called Porsche Works across the street with mm -hmm. thousands of Porsches. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think we've all experienced it when you go to a car event. Um, if there's a lot of everything, especially the same kind of thing, you stop kind of noticing that thing because there's too many of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I remember walking past and this one guy called out, hey, Justin, well, you should stop and look at my car. Why didn't you stop? And I went, anywhere else I would have done. You know, if it was on the street, I'm an oaks, I'd be like, oh man, that's so cool. Instead, you go, oh, well, there's cars everywhere. I mean, it was cool to see, amazing to see them, but like, cool to see all the 928s and, you know, some people have done some cool old stuff. So I really enjoyed it. Really fun. Nice, nice. Very cool. You you mentioned your, your dad. Um, how, how, was, um, how was it like growing up as a child of a racing legend? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of time that you don't really appreciate that's what he does. I mean, you know, or that he was famous. I mean, I, 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 uh, 
I mean, he was just that, right? And, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, we go to Silverstone for, <clears throat> you know, for big races and, and Le Mans and stuff. I, I've been going since I was a baby, but yeah. it wasn't until I got beaten up at prep school for it, you know, did I realize that maybe it was a little <laughs> different. And, um, you know, he, my dad has two very, two very distinct sides to him. I think it's quite a British thing, um, which James would appreciate is, you know, we're very not into nepotism really in England. So much. And, you know, it's, it's mm. you know, it's like we're not into. Um, it's like dad was very ordinary at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, watched him race. It was weird to be in the pit lane and everybody would be like, "Oh, Derek, Derek, Derek," and I'd be right, like, right. "My dad," you know. <laughs> uh, but it was um, obviously like when he went to Buckingham Palace to get the MBE and stuff like that, and you go with him to do that. That was like, oh, you, not everyone does this, but. Um, <laughs> I guess I didn't really appreciate quite who he was until I started racing, to be honest. Mm. And then I got an appreciation for what he had achieved and, and how significant it was. But uh, Did yeah. you know that um, you always wanted to race too? No, I wanted to be like an art student and lounge around doing not a lot. I don't know. I just was like, oh, I'm going to paint and draw and stuff. And regardless of the fact I didn't have the talent for it, but I was, I was, the motocross was a big thing for me mm-hmm. and got the competitive side of things going. Never touched a go-kart. Really? Uh, in my life. Not until I was mid to early twenties, really. Wow. Like messing wow. So you, so your dad didn't really groom you to be a race driver. Then, oh right? my God, no. Yeah. Uh, or he yeah. would have put you in go-karts when you were like 11 or nine, yeah. you know? No, no, no desire to. Also, really? he, he was still actively racing. So a lot of the kids that you know who are second generation, their dads had stopped. Mm. So you know, it's very hard to take your kid to karting when you're off racing yourself. You're right, right, right. But I went to a race school at Brands, uh, at Donington, the Jim Russell School. Mm-hmm. And that made me save up the 580 pounds to do it over the summer working on the farm. And oh, then really? I went down on the straight. And, you know, he could have called in a favor and he didn't. And I was mm-hmm. there driving up and down going, this is nice i mean i still remember right now changing gears and you got to third and you go down and i was like that's my money gone you know, there's a corner over there i could see the corner but they wouldn't let me go through the corner so went up and down the bloody straight so um then uh dad was like well i don't really need to you know there's no point in going to a racing school again i mean i'm let's just rent a formula ford and go and get you in one and i can teach wow. you and so we went back to brand went to brand's hatch and general open days testing and off i went it was actually a lot of fun yeah wow so your dad but then when you showed interest dad did say hey um i'll teach you and he he did he he did encourage it it's not like he says hey you know student no he didn't get me yeah it had to be up to me wanting to do it you know Mm. i guess it's the right way of doing it but it was well i I remember when i did say to him i said uh dad how do i uh I, i went I tell you what the catalyst, the pivotal moment actually was, um, and I've talked to kids of really famous parents, you know, musician Nate Mason's daughter. I used to uh, see a bit, and you know, she grew up sitting on the side of the stage at Wembley, right? I mean, watching her dad play the hole in the wall, you know, Dark Side of the Moon and stuff. Yeah. Um, you, she'd never been to a pub and watched her dad play drums in a pub set. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. It was a bit like that for me. I'd never seen how you started racing. I didn't know that you started in Formula Ford. I, didn't, I had no clue. Mm. We, I went with my mate James, my best mate, to Brands Hatch with him and his dad. 
And suddenly I saw kids my age, 17 year olds driving these cars. So I went home and said to dad, I want to do it. And he, mm. and he literally looked at me and he went, how the fuck are we going to tell your mom? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's cool. But obviously he did see some talent in you, eh? because he, yeah. he, he kept, he kept, he kept encouraging you. Um, so if you didn't see talent, he goes, hey, Justin, maybe we would think yeah. about that art school yeah, again. You should go back to, you know, <laughs> college. No, it was, it was interesting because uh, he was telling the story on Sunday, actually, to someone. I, we were at the Nürburgring, and he was there for the 1,000 kilometers on the new Nürburgring, and I was 14. And the first year that they did it, and he was taking around a British journalist, uh, Mike Cotton, and... After he'd done a lap, he said, JB, we're in a 911. He said, do you want to drive it round? Of course I want to drive it round. I'd never driven, a, a, I mean, I'd driven on the farm cars and stuff. So I'd done a lot of driving, but never like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I headed out and he's just, you know, telling me left, you know, a bit more right, follow the line, look for the tree, all that kind of stuff. Um, and he was very... Uh, I later found out that's when he was like, you know, he's driven with a lot of much older people, you know, who have experience. And I kind of started to nail it quite quickly. And I remember we were doing like almost 130 on the straight coming back and he's like, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that really got that. It still didn't make me say I want to go karting, you know, but it, mm. it made me go, okay. Uh, well, made him go. He has the talent should he want mm. to do it. Well, you went, you went on and uh, you, won the 24-hour Le Mans among, you know, some other accomplishments that, you know, you've, you've had, but what, what would you say is the most uh, memorable uh, throughout your racing career? Well, I mean, like anyone that's done any sport knows it's, if you win something, it makes you think of it with slightly more affection than the shitty races, right? Mm -hmm. I love that race where I rolled the car. Um, no, you, you, <laughs> I mean, I remember my first Le Mans that was, that was with these dodgy Italians uh, from New Jersey that wanted to go there with a spice Ferrari to Le Mans and put twin turbos on it. And I just went down the street, my first Le Mans going, I could smell burning. I'm like, oh. I think the minute I hit the brakes, this thing's going to go up. <laughs> sure enough. So I was undoing, before I even hit the brakes, I'm, I'm easing off the throttle, undoing my seatbelts. <laughs> disconnecting everything because i wanted a quick exit so <laughs> are you serious are you really thought this it was well, you, no it did as soon as i as soon as i hit oh the brakes, my god oh. things went everywhere and it just went up like a like a firework oh yeah my god. uh and uh thank god um so because we didn't have we didn't get to race it but i came back the next year to race the 962 porsche with that um oh that's awesome but, yeah. but the best one really i mean I mean, even though we won in 98 in the Viper uh, and had three podiums actually with Viper, uh, 95, getting to drive that McLaren F1 GTR. Ooh. First year of the McLaren, it was the sexiest car. And of course on the road, it was the sexiest car. Everybody knew it was this unicorn, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And there I am. And uh, I, I was just so, uh, oh yes, yeah, that's the car. That's when I drove the 96 car, yeah. Yeah, as close um, as I can get for you, Justin. As close as you can get, yep. Yeah. But driving this was amazing around mid-Ohio and uh, just so fun. Um, but going to um, be there with my dad at Le Mans, you know, we led for 12 hours on Father's Day. Mm -hmm. um, oh, cool, really. Horrific weather. We had a clutch as it started to dry out. 
we had a clutch release bearing go, starting mm -hmm. to go. So uh, we just got eventually caught and overtaken by uh, Marion uh, Mario Andretti in one car. And then, um, uh, oh, that's me on the straight. I can see that video on the right. Porsche GT1 versus McLaren F1 GTR. Oh, that still wasn't me. That was 96. Anyway, um, but I'll tell you a funny story about this video quickly. I, I put I, that camera on my, uh, on my helmet. That was my GoPro actually. And all you could see were my feet. So this bit here, I just posted that. That it. But yeah, posted that, and lots of guys who would be your audience, right? A lot of the younger guys, yeah. they're like, "What's that new technique you're using? What are you doing with your right foot? Never seen that before, man. Why are you doing that with your foot?" I was like, "It's not really new. It's kind of been around since they invented the clutch." <laughs> um, oh, 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 are you talking about heel and towing? Yeah. Oh, is that <laughs> so funny? Um, no, this video was so much fun to so much fun to do it was with gopro um but back to lamont just to be there in a car where everybody is so um you know so enthusiastic behind you doing well and having been all those years and watched my dad you know so um do so he'd already won it five times by then so was it five times did he win five total five times five times yeah five? okay yeah four with porsche and almost uh, you know, I remember standing up there at the, as we were on the podium and uh, there's, you know, quarter million people basically down below you on the mm -hmm. straight. It is a sea of humanity. And they were, um, especially when we were on the top step of the podium, um, third step of the podium, but Dad's so popular, they were like really uh, um, uh, shouting his name. And all I could hear was Bell, right? But in my <laughs> mind, it was, oh, that included me, right? So I was like, <laughs> I know they're chained for him, but it's me. So I um, went and um, dad said, go and stand at the front, just soak it up. So I went and just put my hand against the railings and mm -hmm. just that amazing wave of energy. Yeah. And I realized no wonder people want to be d dictators because <laughs> it's just some cool <laughs> shit. I mean, you know, why wouldn't you just want to control people? Like, you know? Justin, Justin, relax, <laughs> relax, calm down. <laughs> It's turned into a mini dictator I'm here. I'm going to wear my gun and shout at everyone. Yeah. Justin Putin, let's stop it. <laughs> well, if you got me one of those yachts, I'd do it. Um, no, I, so that was amazing. And then obviously Le Mans in the Vipers. Being mm. part of that huge oh, yeah. Eureka team, yeah. everybody loved the Viper really. And it was, it was like this world domination for four years. We won everything. Every country we went to, it was mm. It was spectacular. Great drivers, you know, Olivier Beretta, mm -hmm. uh, Carl Benlinger, and Philippe Gash, and Tommy Archer, and David Donahue. It was just really great guys. And there's nothing like driving, you know, that massive V10. Yeah. James, what do you got there? Yeah, he's got the 1997. 1997, the UI. He's got the Porsche on the front. Exactly. But this is where I went and saw you race, where you took the uh, Silverstone and then at, at Darlington. Yeah. How amazing you got those. <laughs> and I even got your autographs on them, but they'll do everyone else. Ooh, how fun. <laughs> okay. I'm prepared for the episode. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Um, although I just saw it when you look at the videos, there, there was a documentary um, in the right-hand side. If you want to see what the Justin of that, I wasn't exactly, my, I don't know, I hadn't grown into my ears or my teeth at that point. And the, someone did a documentary and it's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> dad trying to like train and we just look like i mean i, I sound like that i do a, this very british voice and i was like it was awful anyway that video is up um check it out on youtube good <laughs> very good memories uh and you know if you're lucky enough to get paid to go around in circles you've really got to put the rest of your life in perspective <laughs> don't you you know um sports car drivers tom christensen alan manish the top 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 guys Mm -hmm. With the big manufacturers, they've made a lot of money, but um, maybe being smarter with it than I have. But the rest of us, sports cars is a bit like playing doubles tennis. Mm -hmm. You know, you, the singles, you know, who won Wimbledon or uh, well, the US Open? Who was that? You know, singles you'd know. And in, in doubles, it's like, well, that guy over there, <laughs> that's they like sports cars. <clears throat> you know, it's an amazing way of life, but yeah. you don't buy a jet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why do you think... Um a lot of racers from other disciplines like come over to sports car driving sort of like after their 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 you know their peak like in that way you know it's like some, some guys you know like specialize in it you know like alan mcnish for example but a lot of guys just like kind of come and go you know or just well i mean a great example right now is kevin magnuson right mm -hmm. in instances he did a lot of Grand Prix, actually, when you think about it, for a young age. Um, very, very fast. Uh, for whatever reason, didn't stay there. Comes to, to, to do IMSA and, you know, running um, uh, in, in the series. And it was funny, the first at Daytona, mm -hmm. you could see him looking around going, I mean, obviously, we're not fully open to people as much as we would normally be, but you often see it, um, they're kind of like, oh my God, the fans can get near me. I can get near the fans. There's no barrier. I mean, there's no, there's no swipe thing. You know, we can't, there's no guys with guns to stop you going to the paddock. This is kind of wild. And they, they come in a little bit hot and then they soon realize that sports cars has a vibe and you better just chill out. And yeah. I did an interview with Kevin and uh, Ring, uh, Ringa, his teammate, Ringa Benzer, for um, our, our, the talk show last Saturday, because mm -hmm. they won Sebring. Uh, no, they didn't win Sebring. They had terrible results, Daytona and Sebring, almost won Sebring. And he's smiling and he's loving it and he's cracking jokes. And you're like, you see, once they get that stick out of their ass, they actually are all just good, hard racers. And so to answer your question, as he said, America still has the best tracks in the world mm -hmm. because you, you haven't muted them and you know, cut their bits off like they haven't. Formula One tracks, he said, we know they could build a new track in any country in the world and it would be the same. Mm -hmm. yeah, same corners, same breaking zone, same thing. But to come and imagine having only done Formula One to come and race at Mid-Ohio, to be at oh, Elkhart Lake. Awesome. Yeah. Elkhart Lake. Can you imagine going to Laguna Seca with the corkscrew and stuff? And of course, he knows a lot about it from his father, Jan Magnuson. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just a we get the we get the benefit of all that, you know, of their experience everywhere else, and they certainly raise the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they bring a level of competitiveness. Um, and then when they get here, I, I, I was thinking about this. Imagine that any one of us on this call had been a, a racing driver and just gone through the ranks here, and maybe not quite made Formula One, so. Therefore, you always wonder if you'd ever, would you have been good enough? And then suddenly this guy turns up and you're racing against 
one of the top Formula One drivers of the time. Mm-hmm. And you're allowed to, like Renga, the lap times are the same. Mm-hmm. You know, he's able to, he's faster in certain corners. You must be like, all right. I mean, Jordan and Ricky Taylor, you know, Ricky Taylor, who raced with, with Elio, you know, in, in the Acura the last mm-hmm. couple of three years. I, I've asked him, you know, what, really, Elio, you know, indie, multiple indie champ winner. And you're just a kid that does sports cars. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, he's learning from you and you're quicker than him half mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. It's good. I think it's a good, it's a good thing to remind everyone that sports yeah. car drivers really do, you know, there's some of the best drivers in the world. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, for sure. What are the, um, some of the best guys that you've seen out there right now? How about right now? Like who, who's, who's like the guy to watch right now? In our kind of racing? Sports car racing, yeah. Sports car racing? IMSA. Um, well, I definitely think Ricky, Ricky and Jordan Taylor are, are extremely good. I think Renger is an amazing uh, driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm obviously going to miss people. Um, I, I mean, you have, I'm so bad. I wish I had a list out who was. I'd be better at this. Um, but uh, I mean, some of the master drivers, you know, Bomarito and, and, mm-hmm. and Tristan. Bomarito, and, yeah. And you know, really quick and, you know, there's, it's great because you can get a couple of the girls who are really showing their stuff and, you know, Catherine Pegg mm-hmm. and people like that who are, who are really fast. But of course, you know, you have people like Bill Oberlin and, and oh, like coming up for a hundred race wins or something, you know, for BMW, he just, you, you would, you wouldn't, you couldn't pitch anyone up against him in a similar car, you know, GT car, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, we need the young talent to come up, uh, which it, it is. Uh, we saw, um, Dad and I saw Sebastian Prio at mm-hmm. uh, Amelia. He was there with his friends. And, you know, Andy Prio is his father, uh, who what, James was, he was won everything, hasn't he? I mean, he's an MD, yeah. one world touring car. He's won, I mean, he like outright beat Schum- Schumacher at the race of champions. I mean, head to head beat Schumacher. I mean, he's, Freaking great, yeah. and his son Sebastian is doing so well. Uh, and he is a true testament of talent. He's doing he, he's doing the Porsche Cup this year mm. in America. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know people always give you that stuff about, and they are right in a way. But you know, or Porsches, you've got a certain way you've got to you know mid corner speed. Watch out for the rear engine, mid engine now, aren't they? But mm-hmm. you know, it's all a lot of mystique. Yeah, never seen the car before, and he outran it, ran everyone you know, beat everybody and won the first ever one of those races here. Yeah. And my dad just, uh, he, my dad said to him the same as he said to me, if you can drive, you can drive, just get on with it. You know, yeah. don't, mm. you know slicks, groove, whatever, you know, just, Road, whatever. You know, whatever. <laughs> if you're good, you can do it. Yeah. Um, so a kid like that, well, my words will do very, very well. Um, yeah. and then of course in Formula One, we're seeing it, aren't we? Some incredible changing of the guard. In IndyCar, mm-hmm. changing of the guard. I mean, I know Dixon's on pole, but yeah, I would. Uh, we could have a super young kid win this this weekend. Yeah. Well, we're hoping because one of our friends, Roger Yaskawa, uh, you know, former Indy driver, is uh, yeah. you know, managing or co-managing uh, 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 Pal- Alex Alex Palo. Palo Palo. Yeah, it's hard to pronounce that name. Palo. It <laughs> it's only got four letters, but it's really difficult. But it's, he's, exactly, he's got so many vowels. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But he is really, really. Well, he's already got a win, so it's amazing. You know, smart, smart, smart. Yeah. And um, so, thank God I'm in TV, right? <laughs> well, Justin, I was going to ask you a couple questions on that. Number one is, uh, before I go to the 
uh, other questions. What what are your you 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 talked about a lot of tracks, you know, and you've driven them all. I mean, and I'm sure Sarth might be one Sarth circuit might be one of your favorites because you have so much history there, and it's such a historic track. But what are your favorite tracks that you've driven that you feel really comfortable in? You like you know you get a good rhythm. Yeah. What, uh, what give me your like top top three tracks in the so, world that you love. And it could be, they could be all from in, in, in England. I, it's cool, but even though you- oh, Lamont, Lamont, 100%. Okay, so Sartre Circuit, okay, that's one. What, what do you like about the Sartre Circuit so much? Because to me, it just looks like a balls out, God dang, just hang on to <laughs> yeah. your thing. Uh, you know, your, your steering wheel, especially, uh, you know, this this Mulzahn, you know, the straight, you know, I mean, I've never driven it, only on video, yeah, but- on video. Well, it's because it has a, a bit of everything. It is so high speed. I mean, you know, really very little slow corners, um, other than Arnage, really. But mm -hmm. um, and coming into the onto the pit street, but it's just so fast and fluid, and you get in a groove there, like I don't think you do anywhere else. Like in the middle of the night, you'll find you're in the dark, driving faster than you did in qualifying, in a way. And it's just scary and it's dark isn't it it's dark you leave the color of mm. of the pit lane area with it. all the lights are bouncing around mm -hmm. and they head out to the back um dark, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah it's just it, there's something magical about it and how is the surface the road surface because you know i mean those are public roads you're driving yeah half of it is public roads yeah. oh, half of it yeah. and you know it it you always hear about the crown of the road where you have to be careful, but you do, especially in the wet, you will go, okay, I need to get to the right so I can get back to the left. And you <laughs> as you cross over, um, which, you know, 200 miles an hour scary. Yeah. can uh, get, just bring, get your attention a little But It's, especially in the wet, you mm -hmm. pick your places there. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's yeah, it's, it's quite magical. Uh, and when you drive around, you get a real sensation of, Sort of the different things that are happening while you're busy working, right? So you come past the pits and you can feel. I'm not saying you can smell the oil, but you feel you can, right? Because you know it's pit lane, mm. it's all bright lights. You can see the fans on the left, and you can see the garage is all lit up, and it, you see all the hospitality and it's kind of lights are bouncing off the the glass, and you can feel all of that. And then you work around towards the Dunlop Bridge, and suddenly you're heading out. And you, there's lots of campgrounds and. In the old days, the fairground was a much more, that's where it used to be now, it's before the final corners. Uh, and, but as you head onto the Mulzahn, it's it's suddenly eerily quiet and you can drive for quite, it feels like laps almost without seeing anyone, mm. you know, in terms of other cars, you do, but they're coming up fast. And there's a rhythm to it because unless it's pit lane, unless it's right in the fuel window for everybody, which it never is, it's all spread out. Mm -hmm. You kind of know who's around you. You know, you know, there's, you just know that there's a, a you know, the prototypes, if they went by when I'm in GT cars, they're yeah. not going to come back for a while. Yeah. It'll be lap, many laps. You can kind of get on with your own thing. Then um, kind of Zen thing, Zen like feeling. Yeah, I, I, I do believe that over, two, over 200 miles an hour, especially as you get to terminal velocity in a car, it settles down, it has a mm -hmm. harmonic sort of equalization i think like a zone right like uh, yeah, the vibrations the noise everything frequency mm -hmm. tunes out i think and uh you know you have it's dad used to say in the 917s you know you used to have time to like look at your seatbelt you know look at the gauges and cinch your seatbelts up and stuff like that uh but 
now you have two chicanes, there's, there's not much time. I mean, you, right. you have a little time to relax your shoulders and your hands, and then it's you know, three times from 200 plus miles an hour to very slow brake speeds. It's hard on it's hard on the car, hard on you, really. But, um, so other track, Laguna Seca, love Laguna Seca. Um, everyone loves Laguna Seca, but I've won the world championship there. Click yeah. there. Um, I, I think it's, we're lucky it's right up the road and what, a, what an amazing track. Um, I think it's incredibly hard for something so simple. You know, I mean, everyone talks about the court screw, but the court screw is like, I mean, bah. you know, you just, you get there. No, you don't try and gain time in the court screw. You just, you just try and not F it up, you know, whereas the other, the, the corners for me, like turn two, three, four, they're the, that's where the real time is. And oh, turn six is the one that kind of scares me just because yeah. it's, it's a fast quarter, yeah. You're going uphill, and then it, yeah. it's so easy to spin the damn car there. You know, it really is, yeah. I, and of course, the the more the higher the category of race car, the more downforce you have. So right, right, it, right. it's honestly, Sam, it's more nerve wracking in a M3 than it is in a. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, but you know, on on the when I drove it, you know, almost every time I drove it, I look at the wall on the inside, and there's lots of paint there. <laughs> a, lot. a lot of cars have gone in over there you know so it's so funny bad. you should say that because uh, you know i do so much shooting uh, up at tracks and and uh sometimes you know when you're doing you know you're waiting for the cameras or whatever and you sit there and you look around and you go how the hell did that how are the wheel marks on the wall over there? That? How? what did they do but as you know the that's what I always say when it's when it's like the track's dirty or whatever. Just let a good club route go out because they'll they use all the road. I mean all the road. Right. right one side right. to the other, all the way. You know, if it's all pros, they've got a very narrow line. If it's if it's a load of club guys, they'll be <laughs> it's just oh, clean the track. You know, it's like having people with brushes out there, sweep it off. Um and my third track. Um, and, um yeah, I mean honestly I haven't driven at Silverstone in twenty years, so I wouldn't know what the new track's like. Mm -hmm. Um I uh I I mean I, I'm gonna stick probably with an, with an American track. Spa was always amazing, obviously, if you could wow, buy. But I never I mean it was amazing, but I it's so long ago now. That's another very fast scary yeah. Elkhart Lake, I think. Ooh, Road America, yeah. yeah, Road America, Wisconsin, yeah. It's yeah. a little bit dangerous. It's super dangerous and, a beautiful and track. I've always been quite attracted to dangerous tracks. I think it separates the men from the boys, and you know, yeah. everything's homogenous. Although street circuits, I love Long Beach. Oh, you do? Oh God, yes. I love street tracks. I love the fact that. Have you? How, have, how many have you won in Long Beach? Well, almost. They, almost once, because I remember they did have the IMSA. Um, the I almost won the Grand race there. Um, hmm. That was my best result. I went from last to take the first coming down the back straight uh, in my big orange Corvette and uh, Boris said and Paul Gentilozzi hmm. led the whole race there, banging doors. And I, my car was sensational. I had, had a problem in qualifying. Caught them up, caught them up, caught them up. And they bounced. And is that, that is on YouTube. They hit each other. I went straight through the middle of them, and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm going, but I'm going to, I'm going to win this race." Unfortunately, I had a problem with uh, not back on the pads. With, you know, when the discs are vibrating, pads get pushed back. So I had to keep left foot dabbing the foot, left foot on the brake going down the straight uh -huh. to to pump up the pressure. 
But as I'm going down, and Boris is here and pulls it, and now they're pissed, right? Because I yeah. just <laughs> and I had two corners to go. How bad can it be? Three corners. I didn't tap the brakes. Oh, so no. when I hit the pedal, it just went. Oh, so no. I drove down the side of Boris's car, trying to use him for a bit of traction. <laughs> like ground down the side of his car. Hey, that's what how James uh, cheats in a uh, PlayStation uh, uh, Brisbane, right? Look, it's all it's, it's, it's Robin's racing. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Rubbing is racing. Rubbing is racing. <laughs> so I said, Paul goes down on the side. I have on the video you can see it. I am sideways all the way through the right hand, like oh, trying to hold on. And as I was going back to the left, Boris just kiss me on the rear bump and, and I go straight in the wall yeah yeah oh but it was still a great race um it was uh it's a bit like you know it's a bit like earning crypto it goes up it goes down I went from <laughs> last, I went from last to first and back down to seventh yeah. so better yeah. than last right oh you did oh but so but you did almost win if forced if forced didn't tap you you probably mm. probably would have made it right he was really good at that yeah. he was really good <laughs> Yeah, that is, he's, he's one of the tallest race drivers I know. <laughs> he's an amazing driver. Very, you know, he did so well in NASCAR. He did. Right. He's he's a very very talented driver. He's still doing Trans Am now. Actually, he's doing speaking of which, Justin, are you officially retired? If so, when did you retire? Or are you? Uh, are you? No, or can getting... someone still call you and say, "Hey, man, we got oh, a seat yeah. over." I have all my licenses. Um, <laughs> oh, you do. You still yeah, yeah, yeah. active? Yeah. No one, no, yeah, I'm silver now. I went down from a gold. You hit 50, you go down to silver. Mm -hmm. So, um, which is the license grading that we have in sports cars, world sports cars. Oh, um, okay. So you could have, Stephanie Hansen, I think is now a bronze, which means he is equivalent, Sam, if you wanted to start IMSA now, you're on the same category as 160 Grand Formula One Grand Prix driver. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So um, as a team. I found you Hansen, I remember watching the <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, the thing with retirement when you're, again, if you're Jeff Gordon, you announce a retirement when you're a sports car driver, you just slide off. Slide <laughs> just kind of just just disappear. Just in case you get off in another ride. But, you know, you used to, I have my licenses because of historic racing. You know, I get mm. to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, the historic racing is, uh, to me, it's, it's almost like uh, it's, it's fun. It's great. I mean, and if you ask me, it's kind of, you get, the most action you know it's the most exciting yeah racing to watch you know yeah. so to me historic racing is more of a spectacle almost you know i mean because you guys are kind of careful with each other aren't you well you are more. yeah you are. i mean i i did um i mean i often have done the montreal historics and that's right. fun but you know you're not a blast you're not going to trade paint with someone in a no five minute exactly. <laughs> gag or something you know the owner wouldn't take too politely for it but that's the way the pros think there are a group of the sort of gentleman drivers who this is their form of racing they took to it late in life and they will give it everything and some of us are like i'm not risking that good oh, luck oh, you yeah. do it especially if you own the car you can do it um, are these the guys who didn't really get into the racing young so it's not out of their system kind of thing oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you could have, you could have passed him. Yeah, I could have. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to dent this eight million dollar Ferrari you're letting me drive. You know? <laughs> is it more competitive uh, here, Justin, uh, and the historic stuff, or is it more competitive in, say, Europe, where they? Europe. Yeah, yeah the Europeans really do go for it. Although, you know, I mean, yeah, they really do. They, uh, and they've had to control that somewhat. 
Um, they really did. But, you know, we, um, Dad and I raced, they, they did a thing called the Historic 24 Daytona. That was last November, no, two November. Mm, okay. And uh, we were in the, like, the winningest 962, the Lohenbrow car, which was- Oh, uh, I remember that car. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah, the white, so, white and blue one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, myself, Dad, uh, and Rodrigo, who's who owns the car, and Gunnar, Jeanette, we actually won it. And, but it was a great format because you would, drive out of every hour you would drive there's a 50 minute race and there were six four groups so you'd do six races in 24 if you see what i mean so everyone would race tonight so if we were in the prototype so dad got to drive i got to drive but in the 10 minutes they would reset the track and then the next group would race for now mm. so and you could do driver changes whatever you wanted but it was just what a great way of doing it because it means no fun actually in, doesn't it? yeah no one's in yeah. too intense yeah but you're still you know a 962 this is the whole thing with these vintage cars classic whatever mm -hmm. this is a fully prepared 962 race car at full throttle with the same engine same <laughs> boot going around the track we're still going by at 206 miles an hour or yeah. and you know it's uh that's where it's not like going to play golf as a ratari you know <laughs> It's like, oh, you know, oh, darling, my crocodiles. I hit the ball into the water and a crocodile put his head up. You know, the alligator in Florida. Whereas when you're doing, um, when you're doing this, you can still get pretty seriously hurt. Oh, you yeah. Know, if it went wrong. But it's, it's so worth it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool. So, you're, so you guys hear that uh, Justin Bell is still available as a driver. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, it was... I, I, I had a, I went and did for one of my shows, something with, um, uh, uh, I'm just trying to think in the, in the, in his Mustang, uh, Vaughn Gittin Jr. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, drifter. Yeah. I went up Junior. and he would gave me a lesson in next. We were doing something with the road car and, and we were up at Willow Springs and, um, I was like, okay, the, yeah, these guys really know you know, I'm not saying that you couldn't get to a certain level. If you're a good driver, you could probably tower, you could guide me. I mean, if you if if you had Kevin Magnuson come into drifting, I'm sure he could get to a certain level. Maybe not as good as the top top guys, but he could get he'd be better than the proctologist from Ohio, right? Right, he, right. So he he's got yeah, good. <laughs> I don't know, man. Those proctologists are pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Pretty they good. get to the bottom of things very quickly. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's in depth, um, but, um, oh, but but he, uh, I was really impressed. But uh, I really had fun doing it. Um, but I still remember. I don't think I've ever told you, Tara, when I was racing in Japan in JTCC in '95 mm -hmm. and '95 mainly, and we were at Fuji or something. Mm -hmm. We're all in the pit lane. We're all young drivers. Yeah. yeah we hear this, what sounds like the start of the world's biggest fucking accident, right? Going on <laughs> and we're like, but it never ended. You know, you're waiting, he's like, when he, he's gonna hit something. And they, so we ran up to the back of the grandstands and looked over. It was the first time that I ever saw it. And, you know, somewhere there was just a car out there just drifting around the parking lot. Yeah. And we're like, well, that's pretty stupid, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, as if that's gonna catch on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, little did we know. Little yeah. we know. Um, Fast yeah. and the Furious. <laughs> Fast and Furious, yeah. Nine we're at. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just, it was such an exciting thing. And that's what I think is great about the world we live in. 
all, however people decide to get their rocks off driving a car, it's a great, doesn't matter if it's ice, ice racing, hill climbs, yeah. autocross, drifting, professional sports cars, or just being in a, you know, doing a chin event. It, it's, it's all great stuff. I mean, yeah. it, and as long as we keep it going, this sort of hobby, which is the main bulk of it, is yeah. is going to continue, and we'll, you know, we, I mean, I don't see it's like, oh, how exciting! Well, let's get our Teslas out and go and thrash each other. It'll just be like, that's me dull. Yeah. Um, what uh, What do you think about electric cars and motorsports, though? What's What's Where's that going? Well, it's it's, e and stuff. it's on its way. There's no way to. It's happened, right? And I do think there's a lot of mileage still with internal combustion engines and racing. Um, as long as there's a will, there's a way. I think all the sanctioning bodies have to address it and in, integrate it in a way. Uh, I don't think you need to supplant the top level with it. I mean, maybe there could be a great GT4 equivalent you know, in sports cars where you're doing that like Michelin pilot challenge kind of thing or, um, I mean, just think about drifting with electric cars, it'd be like, what was that? You know, I mean, you'd hit the tires and everything, but you wouldn't have all that, you know, as much. You still have the smoke, I guess, but you yeah. know. Um, but it's, um, I, I remember I was doing a talk to a motoring club sometime and there, someone asked me, you know, what do you think of <laughs> Formula E? And I was like, I mean, it's amazing, really. I mean, when you look at the technology and everything, but I said, have you ever watched porn with the sound off? <laughs> I said, it's basically, you can turn yours off now, Sam. Um, so exactly. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, I have mute to it now. No, but when you think about it, it's like it's like it's like, it's, it really is a case of you know it looks the same, kind of feels the same, but it's not. The same. Um, so so that's a bit. Oh, like, God. That's a bit like that's a bit like electric car racing, isn't it? It's got all the, almost everything yeah. other than that. So I I have a you know. IMSA are doing an amazing job looking at it, uh, Formula E. I mean, it's a little worrying that a couple of manufacturers are pulling out and going back to LMDH. We're yeah. going to LMDH, which is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Future sports cars is, is incredible, but uh, hey, it's here. Not, I mean, yeah. And it's the future too. I mean, you know, yeah. like you said, Justin, I hope uh, gasoline powered cars and those cars, will, you know, hang on. I'm just, I'm more, uh, and I, th I think you are too. I, I don't, I wonder. Um, the manual transmissions are disappearing. You that's know? That's, that? that's gone, Sam. That's pretty much gone. <laughs> oh, it sailed. That's <laughs> it, you know? It's just, it's sailed and it's a, it's a pity. And, um, you know, when you look at how, how to make racing competitive again, it, between everyone, it is to, to limit, restrict the technology. But, you know, the smarter people with the bigger budgets will always find a way around regulation. Yeah. They do in every sport. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, you know, I think we're in a really intriguing time in history. I, I mean, when you're sitting in the traffic coming back from the airport last night, uh, it, it, it's very environmental, I think, what our choices are as, as, as humans, what affects us and doesn't. And when I, certainly COVID did, lock, the lockdown didn't make people better drivers, you know, um, being off the road for that long. And I quite frankly, would rather everyone was in a pod coming home from LAX last night. You know, <laughs> they can text and do what they want without paying attention because they're not anyway. This way, at least there wouldn't be 12 accidents on my way home. Yeah, um, yeah it's, 
we'll be all right. We'll just have to, we'll all be meeting in the desert like drug dealers going, hey, listen, I got, I got six, 10 gallons of force, five star. Do you want to, you know, <laughs> that's what we'll be doing. Uh, all these calculators. Cool. Do you have uh, anything for Justin before we uh, let him yeah, go? Yeah, well, I, I wanted to see if, are you, uh, are you gonna, you, you promoting anything or is there anything you, anyone you want to you know, give a shout out to or anything? <laughs> yeah, there we are. So, um, uh, my hair is a bit longer. Uh, so I'm really pushing the talk show. Uh, talk show live is our, our website on that one. Um, I don't think it's a very good website, but you know, where, you, where can uh, uh, is it on the Motor Trend? Uh, no, it's on. We're all on Facebook. Okay. Everything we do is on Facebook Live at Talk Show Live, mm -hmm. um, and um, we, uh, you know, that's me with Jim Farley and those guys. I mean, the talk show is going really well. You know, we're sponsored by Michelin. We'll be at all the race, uh, not all the races, half and half. But some big news is that we're doing the um, uh, we're the host broadcaster for Pebble Beach Concours this year mm -hmm. and the Audrain. So you know, we're doing some really cool stuff um, and actually uh, really really growing. So who knows? Awesome. All got to do what we can do, right? Yep. Yep. No. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Well, thanks for uh, yeah. I know you're busy. Yeah, I know you're busy. Um, I know. I'm, I'm just sorry I was late, but uh, no worries. No but... Just, uh, yeah, um, and watch your health, and uh, we'll we'll see you around. We will, guys. Have fun. Thanks so much. And Cheers. We, the great thing is, we'll see each other at an event soon. Hopefully, really. hopefully, With, without big wheels, but hopefully <laughs> without big wheels or masks, it'll be good. All right. Yeah. Take care. Thanks, Bye. man. See you. Take care. He was he was good and you know I mean he was talking fine so I'm glad he's healthy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. it's good to see him out out and about and he looks really healthy so good to, good to see him doing doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's what a nice guy, you know. Yeah, what a nice guy. What a great guy. So all right, all right. Sam, should we head over to you first? Which one do you want to start with? The white uh, one you, or the blue for, one? Yeah, should I go first or should? Yeah, uh, go first. All right, so let's uh, let's go with the blue one. Okay, guys, uh, it's I'm, 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 you know, there's always been talk of this car, but we always thought it was dead. The president of Mitsubishi, Mr. Osamu Masuko, uh, has said time and time again that the company was dedicated to hybrids, EVs, in the form of SUVs only. And, uh, and I think, James, you, you even said you were kind of okay with that. A lot of people weren't. And I know secretly, James, you weren't okay with that. You're you know, I mean, Evos are popular in England too, weren't they? Evos are popular everywhere. So. Everywhere, yeah. So, uh, and, um, and he says, hey, no, you know, we're no longer uh, making sporty cars like the Evo ever. But that was when the company was bleeding cash, looking for a buyer, right? And, you know, ready to go belly up because, you know, Mitsubishi uh, Heavy was kind of saying, hey, no, they're not our problem anymore, Mitsubishi Motors. And uh, along came the you know Nissan Renault the, the Alliance and they bought up Mitsubishi and now Mitsubishi is part of the Nissan Renault Alliance, and now that they're in the proverbial driver's seat, uh, we hear that things are changing. Our otaku ninjas have uh, told us that there is serious talk among the Mitsubishi executives now about uh, bringing back the Evo, and uh, and it, their corporate in corporate Tokyo, corporate global headquarters, not the US, uh, bringing back the Evo. 
So, and these are beloved rally inspired uh, uh, race car might be coming back after being axed back in 2016 uh, with the Evo 10. I think we all remember that or most of us do. Yeah. Um, and with the Alliance's help, uh, Mitsubishi says, hey, you know, uh, we can make the Evo uh, with the Alliance's help. So should we do it? And uh, we haven't heard if there's a green light yet. But if there is, we think or the Ninja Otaku say that the Mitsubishi will probably use the platform and drivetrain of the next generation uh, Renault Megane mm. RS, right? Uh, their little pocket rocket. Yeah. Uh, right, which uh, that that their next gen uh, Magan should come with the uh, turbocharged two liter inline four, and um, it's about a, it should be about three hundred horsepower. But for the Evo to keep it competitive with the WRX STI, um, it, it, you know they might raise the, uh, the power to three hundred fifty, um, and we hear they could squeeze three fifty out of that out of that engine. Um, there's also talk of a, a hybrid version, and that one, we don't know too much uh, specifics about it, which hybrid system they'll be using or whatever. And we know Nissan has EV and hybrid systems, so that maybe they might be borrowing something from uh, the Nissan parts bin. But um, that should come in maybe in the neighborhood of 300 horsepower. Uh, but in either form, um, you can expect that the car will be four wheel drive and feature, you know, their SW, uh, super all wheel control, SWS, AWC, and their torque, all their, you know, the cool torque stuff that they, uh, the stuff that they have. So, um, and the yaw control, AYC. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the car is going to be, you know, pretty much in spirit, uh, to past evos. Will it be called the Evo 11? We don't know that yet. But these images from our friends at Beskar show that uh, it, it's going to wear Mitsubishi's new face, uh, which has adorned the Eclipse Cross. It's based on that one. And I think it works pretty well on this car. Uh, Mr. McKeown, my British counterpart, thinks it's hideous. So, But, but the shape is that of a five-door hatchback. Um, it's a hatchback. Uh, I don't know what James calls it, but I call it a hatchback. Uh, but they say a sedan version might be offered. So it might more, uh, it looked like the old Evil 10, Evil, uh, Evil 10 of the past, instead of the, uh, uh, which, which uh, the RS, remember, that it kind of had the hatchback, five-door five hatchback thing. So, well, we hope the execs at Mitsubishi decide to build this thing, because to tell you the truth, the company has really lacked excitement and identity since uh, they decided to dis discontinue this car, which is, now going on five, six years. Uh, and if the car were to be built, we should expect the new model no earlier than 2023. So, uh, mm. you know, in two, three years at the earliest, but, you know, we'll see if it comes, but there is serious talk about bringing this car back. And, you know, it, I guess they'll be gauging public opinion here and there, but I'm sure everyone wants that car to come back. So, um, and I'm sure you guys want this car. Yeah, I don't know, James. Do you do you even care for this car to come back? Uh, I mean, it's it's late in the year for April Fools. So this is coming. <laughs> it's not April Fools. I this mean, it's, it's, are you doubting our Ninja Otaku's? I'm just saying that the chances of Mitsubishi bringing a sporty vehicle to market is slim, and none, and slim just passed away. Wow! On the way Why coming you... to this podcast. Well, then, what, what, wait, why are you so sure about this? 
I mean, it's been, as you said, Sam, when did the final edition go away? I mean, there you go. It's five years. Mm -hmm. Five years. Uh, I mean, Nissan are focused on a Z car. They've got a new GTR they've got to focus on. That's Nissan. We're talking Mitsubishi. But they're all the same conglomerate, right? Well, they're, yeah, but they're, you know. Yeah, so the same conglomerate's got, the same conglomerate's got to find the cash in the checkbook from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Just saying. This, this is, if anything, it's going to be not this. Wow. I, I kind of disagree with you because Mitsubishi, uh, well, forget Renault, Nissan doesn't have a car like this in their lineup. So it might be good to have, you know, uh, this, Nissan's not really known for their rally. Well, they, you know, not really, uh, not, 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 not like know, Mitsubishi. Yeah, not, not like Mitsubishi. compact four wheel drives, right? So, well, not, you know, yeah, not this rally inspired, right? right? Like Subaru, right? Mm-hmm. Mitsubishi, you know, they got to do trying to get drivers. into it. Yeah, try, Toyota's trying to get into it with their, you know, their Yaris and stuff. But you know, Toyota's got such a, you know, are so tight with Subaru, they don't really, you know, they can just have Subaru do that because Toyota pretty much, more or less, owns a lot of Subaru. You know, so well, they got to do something about this side mirror here. Have you guys noticed this? That, that yeah, it's cool, man. I it's like the it. Future. Electric, no, it's, it's the yeah. future. It's the future. Because you know the mirror, the mirror is you know is a is a is a camera. So it's cool. it's a perfect place to rest your coffee. If it comes in a can, you've got for a vending machine. Perfect spot. I mean, you can't move that. It's, you guys I mean, are it's fixed. Fun of the evil, jeez. Well, I mean, what about you, Tara? I don't know about that. I, it's it's the two nostrils that's got me going. I mean, I just can't get over the, the the bonnet nostrils. It's just too much for me. What nostrils? Go ahead, point on me. The, you on the the hood? Are you talking about the hood? Yes, those two big oh. holes in the middle. What are you that's talking about? The, uh, the the Evo Ten had those, I think. Or even no, uh, it just wasn't as pretty. I mean, this is this is just not. It's just not pretty. It's just not doing it for you, is it, James? No. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I like the concept of the Evo coming back. I don't know if I like this. Yet. Really? You don't think this? I think this is okay. Oh, I, I think it looks like a Hyundai uh, Veloster. I think you're being very kind. Okay, well, but you're now you're Sorry. saying you don't like how the Hyundai Veloster looks. Well, I mean, I think the Veloster looks better than this. Well, I mean, a Hyundai Veloster is not a bad-looking car. No, I don't, but it, I, I think it looks like one. I, I will say, I, I do like the wheels. I think the wheels look very nice. You and the wheels. That's all you, I'm a, all you look I'm, at. I mean, well, I'm an Evo guy. If, it's, like, yeah, if, it's a, like, if you're Evo. like a boob and butt guy, you're the wheel guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I think that's in a bad place to be, to be fair, Sam. Uh, um, I don't like that wing. That wing looks very... Uh, that's an evil wing, so you know. I mean, that is that looks like the evil. Tank. I mean, I I like the Evo, so I mean, I'd I'd love for it to come back. I think Mitsubishi needs the Evo. But if it came back looking like this, you'd be going, "Oh no!" Well, yeah, if it came back looking like this, it wouldn't really ignite uh, the enthusiasm. But it's right. it, it needs excitement, right? I think it, it looks okay. Yeah, I think hey, the Evo would bring back excitement in... to the brand. But, uh, I think I think there's a, a much nicer car that we could talk about later on. That's, that's that's a better option than this. Let's be honest. <laughs> we'll get to in our review. But uh, let's. Uh, okay. I mean, right. let's move. On. Well, well, let's move on. But we. That, uh, let, it would be nice to see the Evo come back either in gasoline or hybrid form. I think. And if it looks like this, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I. I mean, I can't the see him bringing back. It has to uh, improve on, on the Evo. Uh, I will say, I'm, I'm not sure. I see them focusing any time on a. a petrol-driven car when everything's converting across to... That's why there's that talk of a hybrid, but, you know, I mean, when you bring it, you know, to get... Well, I mean, 
it's is Mitsubishi going to change its message now that you know they're under the alliance? You know, and you know, I mean, they moved their offices in North Carolina, uh, North uh, in North America from Cypress, California, all the way. You know, they're they're in uh, Nashville, Franklin now, Tennessee, right? You know, with Nissan. Uh, so, well, if you've got some spare office space, you may as well pay for one building instead of two. Yeah, it's gonna count that money, honey. No, no, yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, that's that's true. So, I mean, everyone's moving out of California now. So, but uh, anyway, Sam, what okay, anyways, have we got going on? Moving next? on. Okay, so uh, even though we are not going to get it in the U.S. because uh, the car has or the vehicle has been mixed, the first all-new Toyota Land Cruiser uh, is approaching and it will be the first one in 14 years uh, because this uh, the current Land Cruiser has been around for that long and we're not getting it because uh, you know the, this year I think is the last year the Land Cruiser will be so sold in North America correct um, and you know the reason that the uh, Land Cruiser is going to be gone even though it's such a historic mark for even in even in you know the U.S. You know, they have the Lexus LX to compete in the full-size luxury SUV segment, uh, the LX470, I think it is. And the Land Cruiser was getting kind of expensive uh, at $86,000 to $90,000. expensive car in the lineup. Yeah. 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 So, and, you know, I mean, if you but go after... As, as we know from my review, very comfortable, very yeah. capable. Very comfortable. And, very capable. and I very much liked it. Yes. And James likes it. And it was a good looker. Is a good what? Good looker. Good looker. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, it probably doesn't. It probably looks a lot better than what the new Land Cruiser might look like. But uh, um, so this is a Otaku yeah, Ninja uh, scoop again. Yeah, yes, of course, of course. Our Otaku Ninjas are are busy because you know, I mean, uh, with you know, Japan's COVID cases are they're trending the wrong way. They're getting worse. So they're you know, uh, people are get kind of staying indoors and they're they're just kind of you know, snooping around. So, Although I, I was going to say, Tara, I think they could find some production vehicles that are out running about now in Japan in regards to this car. Oh, yeah, this car? This yeah. Car. Yeah. Um, is it out now? It's not out. Oh, you mean there's like def there's uh, definitely, uh, No, like one's ready to go into dealerships. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's very close. Uh, okay. And we don't know because we're not getting this car. But the Land Cruiser will continue to be sold in other markets, including Japan. Mm -hmm. And uh, here's the scoop on this, uh, this, this uh, SUV um, and what we're going to be missing out on. As you see by the images, it still has the boxy Land Cruiser uh, shape, even though James is very, very, very uh, thumbs down on the, on the front end. Uh, and I'm, No, I'm, it was Taro that was thumbs down on the front end. I'm just thumbs down on all of it. Oh, okay. Well, you, that's even worse. But anyways, right. yeah, I'm, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of this front end too. But you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, being ugly is 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 the good way to go. You know, to sh give a you know to give show a statement. But um, shock factor. Yeah, the shock factor. You know, <laughs> so the uh, you know, kind of like the Marilyn Manson thing. You wow, what the hell? You know, so <laughs> but you'll remember it. Yeah. So uh, the new uh, the the new version. There's a new version uh, in here in the mix, and it's called the GRS which uh, stands for Gazoo Racing Sport. So it's going to give this uh, Toyota SUV a sporty flavor. Um, 
It's the wrong direction to go with the Land Cruiser, though. But a little bit about the new Land Cruiser itself. It's going to be about 500 pounds lighter than the current model because okay. it's going to be using the new TGNAGA platform, you know, the new lightweight platform. Mm -hmm. And it will be powered by a twin turbocharged V6 that'll come made it to a 10-speed automatic gearbox. So no more V8. Okay. And that seems to be the trend for a lot of the, a lot of engines or a lot of our manufacturers these days. And uh, they are bringing back the diesel for this car. Uh, the Land Cruiser hasn't had a diesel engine for a while now. I find it kind of weird that they're bringing back the diesel. But, you know, I mean, some, some people love diesels, right? Because the torque and all that. Uh, it's never caught on in North America. But they're bringing it back for um, um, this car, uh, this, this SUV. And probably for, you know, the, uh, some of the third world markets and, and Europe. And uh, the GRS uh, will feature both front and rear locking differentials and will feature their KDSS uh, suspension system, which is uh, the kinetic, uh, kinetic dynamic suspension system, uh, elect uh, the first electric version of that. I think that KDSS suspension is on their uh, forerunner um, you know, now. So anyways, the Land Cruiser, even though it's not going to be sold in the U.S., it is not dead. Uh, who knows, we may be seeing it in the future at some point uh, if the Lexus LX doesn't, you know, doesn't fare well or maybe, a, you know, a little cheaper version. But yeah, at 90K right now, it's going to be hard for the Lion Cruiser to really compete in this market. But there are places for it to, uh, to, to be sold, to, to flourish um, in other parts of the world. So um, your guys' thoughts on the Lion Cruiser. I know you like the uh, driving and the comfort of this uh the current model, James, because you actually drove it. But what do you think about the Land Cruiser not being available here in this new one? Um, I mean, I think it's a disappointment that they're not going to see the new Land Cruiser here. But I mean, I, I like you know, I've already spoken to you about this. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the styling of this one in particular. Uh, you got to um, remember, this is a you know a, 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 an image. Yeah. yeah, but I've also seen the spy shots. That's a very, very close image yeah, to what I'm going to imagine what it's going to look like. I just think it looks. Uh, this one obviously has been dropped a lot from what the standard version would be, mm -hmm. but I mean, it just it just seems right. like it's not as stylish. I mean, the Land Cruiser for the past, as you said, the past 14 years had very little changes, um, and this is quite a stark change. It looks. I mean, it it's just it doesn't. Quite as exciting as much as the old one. It, it looks very boxy, you know, almost like a, a very big version of the uh, like Nissan Cube ish. It you does look exactly like, a, like exa a, a supersized version of the Nissan Cube or something like, like the that. Flex. Yeah. What's yeah. that? The Ford Flex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, then, it's low too. It's lowered too. So yeah, this one is lowered. Well, it's the GR version, so it's kind yeah. of a sporty version, but. But I mean, if it was this, if they were going for the sporty version, I think they should have really erred along the likes of when they did the Toyota Land Speed record with the Land Cruiser and gone in that direction, as opposed to this direction. I think mm -hmm. I just had the idea of it. I mean, your Land Cruiser, you want to be going off road, you want to be doing this, that, and the yeah, other. With, that with a, that. a lowered car, you're not going off road anywhere. I mean, it might be good for the school drop offs, but. I'd rather have a, a European car to be doing school drop offs. Well, you I want could to get, show off my luxury car. Right, you could get stuck in sand pretty quick on this thing. You know, if it's this low, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna. Yeah, I mean, the Land Cruiser is, you know, the name is Land Cruiser. It's gotta be. It's an, it's a, you know, all on any mountain road. Yeah, yeah or right. It's an any, SUV. Any trail. 
uh, trying to make it a sports car or a sporty version it, it just kind of goes against the whole concept of the car itself so, so you uh, otara you have a forerunner a white forerunner mm -hmm. um you can't see this thing in your in your driveway too well if it's you know like if if, if if it's lifted up a little bit, you know, like a like. Okay, a, let's say the regular one, but the way this looks, um, is the looks enough to turn you off the, for uh, this no, land cruiser? It's not enough to turn me off. Uh, I think it's enough to turn James off. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, if, if it's gonna, it's not gonna be any cheaper than it's what it is now, right? It's gonna still be in the eighties. Well, I, I, it might be a little cheaper just because it's got a smaller engine, but I don't know. I don't know. No, it's not. It's not. It's not going to be. It may be a thousand dollars cheaper, but I oh, think well, it's going to come count. in about the same price. I don't think it's, it's going to drop down. Three. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more. Like I said, European-based cars. If you wanted to go for looks with that and didn't need to use all that off-roading, if you weren't going to do that, I think there's European options. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted the four-wheel driving and the off-roading, maybe you just look for a, not the the Land Cruiser anymore and went for a, a different model in the Toyota range. Mm, so James is kind of a he's, he's he's I think he's done with the Dan Land Cruiser. You you too, Taro? No, I'm not. I, I'm not done with it. I mean, we're we're just not. Gonna oh, we are it. done with it. But you know, because well, we're, yeah, get we're it, gonna but. get this car. Yeah. But um, I mean, I would I would look at it. You know, I mean, would you want to pay uh, twice the price and what you're paying for your current vehicle? No, for this, I'm perfectly happy with my there you go. Uh, Toyota. Uh, there you go. Uh, thank you, James. I, Got to the point. I, I took it. I took it off road uh, two weeks ago, up up in the into the mountains, and I had a blast. And I don't need anything else, you know, more expensive than, you know, what I'm paying for right now. Yeah. Uh, just just to go up in the into the hills and you know, kind of like go in the rocks and sand. And I don't need a ninety thousand dollar car to do that. Uh, this car is going to be, they say it's going to have a little more cargo room than the current car. So it's going to be a little bigger. So, um, which is kind of surprising, you know, usually mm -hmm. everything's downsized, but this one's kind of going bigger. So, I mean, so it's anyway, interesting uh, because the, the current ones have still got, offers you three rows of seating. So I don't know this how much have you can, this yeah, but you know what I mean? Like how much bigger can you already go if you've already got a oh, third uh, row of seating? Well, yeah, well, well, fourth, is it going to become a bus? Is that what it is? Oh, no, more cargo space, not more seats. Yeah. I know. I'm just being, I'm just being. oh, okay. I, I I never know when you're kidding, James. I, I've never told you're, a joke once, Sam. Never damn, told a joke. Your damn dry British wit sometimes. Never jokes. You never joke. I never joke, Sam. You should know this. <laughs> never joke. Never okay. joke. So, anyways, that's uh, that's from our Otaku Ninjas now, and uh, probably next uh, for anyone on the edge of their seats on where their uh, where my top fifty Japanese enthusiast cars. Um, you're going to have to wait another couple of weeks for that, but uh, I don't. We'll, we'll see next week. Yeah. Next week, two, two weeks. weeks right? Yeah. We have maybe. We have maybe. Goosh. with the goosh. With the goosh. Yeah. So, okay, James. Um, send it to you now, buddy. All right, over to me. That's a lot of pressure here. So, going from one Toyota GR vehicle to another Toyota GR vehicle. This time, it's going to be the Toyota GR Supra 2.0, which is the latest car that I was able to get behind the wheel. <laughs> Ooh, look at that yellow. Unfortunately, I didn't get the the yellow, which is what I would have liked to have had. I got the gunmetal gray. Still, a it still sure. very much highlight the car. Yeah. Lots of thumbs up from it when driving around. And I'll be very, very fair. I really enjoyed this car. I thought it was great personally. Um, uh, my wife, on the other hand, she did not like this car at all. She was not a fan. 
Really? She thought this was the worst loaner vehicle that I've ever had. What did she not like? Yeah, why, why, why? Uh, to be fair, she didn't have the best experience with the car on the first time. So she got, before getting into the car, she managed to bang her head, uh, bang a knee, and then got <laughs> out, banged her head again, and okay. then couldn't figure out the air conditioning. She kept, she kept pressing my air conditioning buttons instead of hers. So she just didn't really have, she didn't like being slung so low. She's not, that's not really that much of a car for her. So she was not a fan of this car at all, which made me probably like this car even more and threaten her with saying we should definitely buy this one. I'm actually going to talk to Toyota, see if we can get the loader when it comes yeah, off right. the thing and said, we should get this car. This is the <laughs> one for us. Um, so I, I mean, I will say I really like this car. I, I, did I will say that I would describe it as uh, lots of show and not as much go, mm. but it was still has 255 horsepower, almost 300 pound feet of torque. So it still goes. But what I did find the most amusing part is I felt it was a very quiet car from the outside. If you sit in it and have someone rev it, it doesn't, it's not that loud, but inside it's like a fiery breathing dragon with all the augmented sounds that you have inside the cabin. So every time you pray, even when you know it's, it's not going that fast, you press, you press the loud pedal, you go, Oh, it's really going there. Yeah. It's great. So I, I, I while it's, it's people complain about the augmented sound, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, it added a lot to the driving experience of the car. Mm -hmm. um, I did feel this car was very much like a, uh, BMW that I'd previously had, mm. where it was just enough power that you could just easily just press the loud pedal and it could give you a little bit of slide and lose a little bit of traction. Do you know why it reminds you of the BMW that you previously had? Because it is a BMW. <laughs> well, aside from that being for the facetious part of yourself, Sam, to bring it out, thank you. But it was just the idea of how it was a smaller displacement car. The handling characteristics seem very similar because the engine's a bit further back in regards to this, offers a bit of weight distribution. Um, since I haven't driven the three liter, I can't compare and contrast the two, but this is a little bit slimmer than the three liter, about 220 pounds less in weight. Mm. Um, so there is still a second difference to talk to 60, but I mean, I've got all that sound blasting around behind me from the speakers. Do I really need to, do I notice that second difference? Probably not. Um, it's very good on the fuel. You still get, everyone still thinks it's a super. They can't tell what engine's inside. So you still get all the thumbs up and looks. Um, so I thought it was good. It was uh, my, the loaner came in around $48,000, mm -hmm. um, which is about say 8,000 less than the, three liter version. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to get in this one and spend that on the modifications, you could probably catch up to that three liter version, probably with that $8,000 in your back pocket if you wanted to. But I mean, I, I really liked it. I thought it was easy to drive on the day to day um, is going in and out of traffic. And then when I got a little bit of space or if I was someone wanting to go to the traffic light ahead of the next person, it was quick enough to do that. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Did you, um, did you get to test the um, three liter as well? Or did no, you? No. So no. you've only tested the four cylinder so far. Only had the four cylinder, yes. Mm -hmm. But oh, it, we, I drove, mean, we drove the three, uh, the three cylinder, or the three liter, right, Carl? You've driven, I've driven the three. I've, I've driven the three. Yeah. It's, it's fast. It's mm -hmm. fast. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting was I mean, it's basically the same engine minus two cylinders. 
Yeah, or similar to six cylinder. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, no, no. Literally, is so it's a BMW blast yeah. go oh, from okay. a three yeah. cylinder to a four cylinder to the yeah. six cylinder because it's just yeah. 500 cc per cylinder. Yeah. So it's interesting that this comes from the same way. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's a sporty engine. It's, it's in the, the the hot mini. It's in the Morgan BMW already having as well in there. I think they're two series as well, or the one series. I think it is. Sorry, not mm -hmm. the two, the one. So I mean, the four cylinder. I thought I think it's a really good engine. When you do open up the bonnet, it, it took me a while to figure it out um, because I didn't read the instructions as you should. But I mean, there's a lot of room in there uh, with the four cylinder. So and like I said, the engine is a small engine pushed really far back. So they just it's behind the front wheels most of the weight there behind the front wheels. So it's 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 a really good position for where it should be. So it what's the really horsepower on it? Two hundred and fifty-five. Two fifty-five. Well, that's plenty, especially if it's two hundred pounds lighter. It's still pretty zippy, then, right? No, like I said, I mean, it goes all the way to one hundred and fifty-five miles an hour. Um, you get good mile per gallon. I think it says it's around thirty-two mile per gallon mm -hmm. uh, is what they suggest combined between um, driving around town and highway. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I mean, I really, I, I, I did my weekly shopping and put everything in the back, so I had no problems in that regards to that. Um, visibility with the pillars, I thought was a little bit off, but I think it's just something you get used to over time. That's a sports car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And while it didn't have the luxury of say electric front seats, I was able to get really comfortable with just the manual buttons, manual pulleys and whatnot and levers to get myself there. Um, I read some reviews on it and people complained about like the entertainment system. And I was like, eh, I'm not buying a car for the entertainment system. Exactly. I'm buying it for its looks and it's but I was able to make everything work absolutely fine. So I was like, it's what you can play any pants about. I'm I still mean, not I'm still not that up on the car's looks. Uh, the I like the rear end, but the front end is kind of weird. And the rear end, well, it's got that little Porsche like ducktail, you know, a bit, you know, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I thought it was fun. Uh all the neighbors really liked it when I pulled out the driveway. Um they I, I'm sorry, what color was yours again? Did you say? Gunmetal gray. Gray. Okay, that's it's pretty subdued. Then I mean, yeah. if you would have came home in this yellow, they would have been really just <laughs> gathering been outside your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they do like it when I come home with the bright colored ones, and then I rev the engine really loud. Everyone really likes it, especially late at night is when they like <laughs> it the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, if I go through this montage of pictures of it, I mean, it still looks the same as you can't tell the difference. And there you are. If aside from you knowing if the yellow one, it's exactly the same as the other two. All the bits in there, the suspension's a little different. The engine's obviously different. It's a little bit more electronics than the others. But I mean, I thought it was a really good buy at forty-eight thousand. It's mm -hmm. compelling. It's yeah, a nice. It's for them. I think it's a good mix here in the U.S. between the GT86, the two-liter Supra, and the three-liter Supra. I think you're going with a good transgression of uh, yeah, a good line of switch out of cars yeah. yeah even though you know i yeah i'm still not you know i don't know if i still would buy the super you know i don't think i would i you know i would definitely buy a z i would definitely could see myself buying an 86 but this the super i don't know you know i mean the, the <laughs> non-purity of it too. stopping you sam what's that what? what's stopping you uh just the looks and the and the and the thing that is bmw inside you know i i will say what i when i pulled it into the the garage i was very surprised by how small it is hmm. yeah it is yeah it's and it's, i was it's, it's i just expected it's, i mean it's not a two plus two or anything so yeah it's Isn't it's a very wheelbase shorter than the 86 is it um, no yeah i think it well, is 
Really? I think the oh. I think the wheelbase is the same size as an S13. I know that. Well, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's an old car here. Yeah, yeah. but that's what I mean because I know that when we talked to Freddie Asbo, he said that the wheelbase on it was about the same uh-huh. size as an S13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah, thumbs up for me. It's bigger. Me. It's yeah. bigger than a Miata. It's smaller than the Mustang. They're some of the ones mainly competing against. Um, the same size as a Z4. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I'd probably take this over the the BMW one because I think you'd have few more, few less hassles. Yeah, I, I I might agree with you because I'm just not a big Z4 guy. I never really was, you know. So I mean, I know that I know what you're really waiting for, Sam. You're waiting for the T-tops to come in so you can let the wind blow through that luscious lock of hair that you've got there. Around Hawaii, yes. around your estate in Hawaii, that's where you need the wind rushing through there, blowing it all around. Uh, I just, um, well, okay. Anyways, but yes, thumbs up from me from this car, not thumbs up from the wife on this car. But yeah, okay. I mean, we're gonna if we, it's gonna come anyway, so definitely thumbs up from me. I, I really, really enjoyed my time with this. It was great fun. Um, it, I did feel it was a kind of car where if I felt we were running low on something in the fridge. Uh, I just go take the car to get it rather than wait till the weekend. Okay. It was that All kind right, of James, then uh, Z or Supra? Supra. Oh, really? Straight away. Wait, the new Z? Yeah. Supra, Next Z. Really? Supra, really? straight away. Oh, oh wow. man, I'd be Z in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, you like the, look, if you've got the person, you both seem like you like the looks of the Z car better. Um, I just think that this is a, a newer platform. It's got more invested into it. I think it'll handle and drive better. That's that's what I think, mm. but that's that's yeah, my I'd, take on it. I would choose the Z too. Over, over I mean, you Supra. you two as Ed boys, I'll be going with the Supra. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Z. Okay, so anyways, uh, anything else, James? No, that's a, that's everything from me. I mean, there's no point talking about Formula One. It's not interesting with Monaco, so we can move on to the <laughs> next race. Not interested because Lewis didn't win. <laughs> no, I happily say, look, Verstappen did great. It was very. It's a shame about Leclerc who wasn't able to start the race. Um, but it, I mean, the, it, it wasn't a race. It was just a procession of cars for an hour and a half. So why, why even have it? You just have qualifying and that's it. No need. But on that happy note, I'll pass it over to you, Tara. I'm done. Does nothing for me. Like a chicken? Yeah. Well, I mean, but Tara, I mean, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just, uh, say it out straight to all our listeners and viewers. That okay, it might seem like Taro's always kind of like you know, <laughs> not just kind of like taking it easy, you know, just you know, because he really is. So let's not beat around the bush. You know, he really he, does he, take it James easy. Always brings you know his reviews and his racing takes. You know, I, I get the scoops from my ninja attackers, and it almost probably seems to everyone like, what the heck is Taro? Nothing again. I mean, okay, he's pimping one little video. I mean, what the heck? You got to admit, Taro is the guy who brings in our guests. That is a that is monumental task on its own so he <laughs> does a lot you got to remember and he produces the show so he does most of his um uh um, work behind the scenes man where so just want to let all you guys know he's just he's not he's not a you know he's not kind of freeloading and you know hitching a free ride on the back of the james mckeon sam matani bus <laughs> He's, uh, he's actually working it, so, okay? I, we, so. we haven't seen any comments about me slacking off or anything, though. I oh, mean, no, there hasn't been? Oh, I just assumed there would have been. No, like, I think maybe it's just you guys. Oh, okay. It's just Sam. 
No, it's just Sam. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. I mean, Sam. Carol's going to be putting Sam, up. Yes, I do bring in. Right, you're, you're you're booking all the guests. I'm, the See, I'm, I'm just giving you the prop. And he does he does all the uploads of the YouTube videos. He gets make sure the articles I'm, get uploaded on GT Channel, which you can see the super one there this weekend. So yes, yes he does lots of work. And I'm yeah, I, I was just assuming our our viewers and 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 listeners are you know nice guys. So, but I I felt maybe that's what they're thinking. Okay, you know, so I just wanted to set the record straight. Yes, you know. and and I did book uh, our next guest, Ken Gushi, our our friend. Uh, That's right. Yeah, Middle Drift, also a uh, Supra driver, so maybe it would be interesting. Is he still driving for Greddy? The Greddy Supra? Uh, well, so the the Greddy, uh, he's actually running his own team. Uh, oh, is he? Oh, okay. So it 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 should be interesting to uh, to to get. Well, so Greddy still uh, built the car for him, mm, okay. um, but they don't run the team. Right, like they used to. Like they used to, yeah. So, right. so we'll we'll get the lowdown from him. Yeah, yeah. Let's, it'll yeah. be interesting to hear his, his okay. story next week. All right. Um, so, all right. So I guess that's it. Um, uh, James, uh, how about uh, no breaking info? What's going on? Well, we just had one of the designers from Speedcore on last week. Speedcore specialized in carbon fiber production of parts and uh, high performance one-off builds making cars for Hollywood super celebrities like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, oh, wow. uh, Kevin Hart, and the like. Oh, wow. uh, I think any of their cars that come Captain out... Right yeah. yeah, any of those cars that come out, they specialize really in the Dodge Chargers, uh, modern and old. They find the old ones harder to find because obviously the Dukes of Hazard made sure there's not many of them left. Mm -hmm. But um, their cars come up... I think they've got the fastest twin-turbo Hellcat uh, Leah Pritchett ran that down the quarter mile and it's the quickest one. So that was interesting that we've got uh, Stephanie from Steph Paints coming on who was a pinstriper this week. So interesting to get her take on car culture, which is fantastic. And she is an incredible artiste. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Cool. All right. So uh, you can download No Breaking anywhere podcasts are downloadable. And Correct, download Sam. this one too. Yeah. Uh, speed. So rate, rate this, yeah. leave your comments, please, for both. Uh, and subscribe, YouTube, and check out everything. Speed. Yes. And uh, I guess that's it. So you guys, uh, it's good to see you guys safe and well and healthy. And uh, um, uh, I guess we'll see you in a couple of weeks. So Thanks everyone, see you Thanks later. For Thanks for listening. And Thanks, everyone. We'll see you. Pod speed, everyone.